Welcome to the Crooked Stripes Podcast, where your hosts discuss various aspects of lawn care, landscaping, and snow removal. Let these two friendly Canucks help you cultivate a different outlook on the green industry. And with that, here are your hosts, Brendan Brubaker and Martin Hodder. All right, guys, we are back for another episode of the Crooked Stripes. Uh, I'm Brandon Brubaker, and I have my co-host, Martin Hodder, on the other end. Martin, how are you? Good, sir, and yourself? Oh, I'm good, thanks. We got a very special guest today, our first Canadian guest, as a matter of fact. I've been following this guy for a while and uh, met him at the expo in the airport, and we've been staying in contact ever since. So welcome to the show, Phil Vision. Hi, thanks for having me. Funny news, people think that Vision was my last name for like forever until I like changed it to like Leji on Instagram. My name is Phil Leji and people are like, what, your name is not Vision? I'm like, no, that's my company. That's well, hilarious. That's over another three. Every intro so far, he has <laughs> messed up somebody's last name. Another last name messed up. Well, keep Classic. on going. You got, you got uh, 49 left to go. Yeah. Oh, we'll just yeah. keep it going. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Yeah, I I saw both of you guys in the airport there. Where was it? Was it Newark? I think yeah, it was, yeah, right? yeah, Newark. Yeah, the Newark one, yeah. And it was hilarious. Like, for the rest of that expo in Kentucky, I think it was my first, I think it was your guys' first time, too. I didn't even see you guys. Like, I know. No, there was just that many people. It's just, like, everywhere. Where do you turn around? And you're like, nope, not there. So, <laughs> yeah. That was I a know. fun show. I think you guys it touched very... on that. Yeah, you guys touched on that one of your episodes, right? But that was that was, that was a good time. Yeah, that was a great time. We're definitely going back next year. That's for sure. That's a that's a no brainer. This year or next year? Oh, sorry, this, this year. This year feels like yeah. feels like next year, but this year we'll be definitely going back. So, yeah, if you don't mind, just touch and fill your story, how you started. I know you you started doing not what you're doing now. So, uh, if you don't mind touching on that for everyone, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm 35 years old, um, and I've been in the green industry. I I like to say ever since I'm 12 years old, started off that my brother and I, a twin brother, we'd walk around the neighborhood cutting grass. So we had uh, little cheap gas mowers, little electric weed whackers, and we'd go around the neighborhood cutting grass and trying to earn a buck. And uh, anywhere where we could walk to, right? We didn't have trucks. We didn't have any other kind of equipment. So we're just kind of sticking in, in our immediate radius. So we had walked up to 20, 10 minutes sometimes to earn 10 bucks. And from there, we just developed this business and we just kept on growing it. Only maybe 10 to 15 homes in the summer, but for like a 12-year-old, that was great. And eventually, we, you know, we learned more about little, little engines. And we took a small engines mechanic course. I'm not saying that I paid a lot of attention. My dad still bugs me about that this day. He's like, if you guys were not on your phones, maybe you'll learn something. <laughs> but uh, yeah, great times, like just learning basic customer service at a very young age and growing up in the in the green industry and it's basically i i could say i've been in this my whole life like i, I feel like i've been i've been in this industry my whole life nice yeah that's awesome any of you guys cut grass like that young i definitely didn't no i didn't that, i don't think i cut my i don't think i cut my first lawn until i finished like when I went and took my degree in this, like in the horticultural program. Oh, really? I never cut grass as a kid. I never really, really? had any interest. In, yeah, no, I was like, I think I was like 20 the first time I cut a lawn. <laughs> wow. Yeah, definitely kind I of the I opposite would, route. Yeah, I, I would cut mom and dad's when I was like 13 or 12 or 13, but uh, 
you know, I wasn't going around cutting other people's lawns at that age. So that's pretty cool. That's impressive. You guys did that. Yeah, very impressive. Well, I think that like, yeah, my dad, my dad's an entrepreneur as well. I mean, jack of all trades, I guess you could say, right? So it kind of he, right. he instilled that in us to to go out and to work hard, which actually leads to like the next part of the business because we had developed it where we didn't want to go walking around anymore. And we were like 16, 17 years old and we were looking okay. for like that next step, but we didn't have a lot of cash flow and we were just like spending the money that we were making. So um, the kind daddy he was, he says, listen, I'm going to buy your company and I'm going to buy trucks and we're going to advertise. And so that summer, I think I was around maybe 17 or 18, we went from uh, 30 lawns to 90 lawns in the same year, we tripled <laughs> in the same year. So here we were. And by then we were had we had all our breakdowns. You know, we had like busted a bunch of lawnmowers on water mains and, and things like that. And oh, like we yeah. had learned a lot about like the hardships of what equipment not to buy. We had started getting into like, you know, the old school lawn boys, like the big, yeah. the big mm-hmm. top. We had started getting into those and uh, we got rid of the electric trimmers and we were into the gas ones. And you'll, one thing you'll hear about me, if I say electric, I mean plug in. If I say battery, I mean battery. I know a lot okay. of people call, let's just set that clear. But yeah, yeah so we're getting perfect. into better equipment. We got like the Cub Cadets, the old like, uh, like stand, stand behind ones. You guys remember those? Two th- kind of like a walk behind, like the big, like almost. Oh yeah, yeah. You're just like the like, big double handle. You're okay. getting a lat workout, trying uh, to do it. Well, yeah, we got yeah. those, and like you, like you go through sets of straps, like almost every month on those. But we had those, um, and we had all this equipment. So my dad got us trucks, trailers, and yeah, we hired a couple people, and that was our first taste, I guess, of like entrepreneurship. And we could touch about this later, but I think like eventually, everyone's self-employed at some point, and then eventually they will become an entrepreneur i think whenever they might add like a couple more crews and they have many more hands right and i think you can be a solo entrepreneur but it takes on a different facet whenever you start adding more crews and you like start becoming responsible for more people and that's what we had to do we had to split things in half to get all the lunch done in time and it's at that point we started doing like brickwork and we said okay well these people you're not only cutting their grass you're looking for other services and what to do right so we were like uh we never got on roofs to like clean gutters but we were like you know, doing paving stones, uh, starting to do trim, uh, trim hedges and things like that, exploring more facets of, of landscaping than only cutting grass. Because I think we all get our foot in the door uh, knowing clients with cutting grass. It's, it's a great foot in the door, and it was for us. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, it definitely gets you on the property, and then you kind of find all these other little things that you kind of, they ask you about one thing, and then it's the beds, then it's the hedges, and the next thing you know, they call you for everything. And uh, yeah, so that's how we all we started off. And then my dad, what he did the next year is that he looked at us and he says, guys, we were actually at that, that point, my brother and I, my twin brother, we went to a landscaping school. We took a six month course in general landscaping. So it didn't tell you much about grass cutting. It was more about like, it was a third trees and vegetation and bushes and plants, a third woodworking and a third concrete and paving stones. And we had graduated from there. And he says, listen, guys, um, buy back the company and he was very generous he didn't like mark it up that much he's like he split it in half give half to me half to my brother at this point we're 20 years old 2009 and that's whenever i started vision landscaping which was yeah in 2009 officially like registering a business uh in the uh at the provincial government and getting all that in order so uh, Mm. we had yeah we had all this experience working i think that taught us how to work hard and now we were finally getting the go of of going into business and interesting enough people ask us all the time well why didn't you go in business with your brother um 
we did for one year and I'll talk about that in a second. But what was interesting is we as twins, we like to do things together, but we we decided that with this, we should do it separately. He, um, we just didn't want there to be any trouble and whatnot. And I heard like good story, good stuff and bad stuff. We just decided to keep things separate. I broke my collarbone in year two. So I like transferred my long clients to him and he kind of like managed it. And I worked for him for one year and then I bought it back right away in 2011. I'm like, I just want to do my own thing. Right. I don't want to be working for someone, but uh, that was like one of the big hiccups. I like, actually broke my collarbone in 2010 and I'm there working uh as a solo entrepreneur like who's gonna run my business like my students can't do anything right they can't go and do the fr the spring cleanup so that's why i transferred stuff to him but um that it's pretty important to find some some good staff that can help you out and luckily enough i had good students to, to help mm -hmm. me on and off in the summer and i never really had a full-time guy uh martin like right. you were, you told me like uh, actually the other day that you like i think you said you have somebody else working with you like that's a big that's a big undertaking, like hiring your first person, you feel responsible for them, right? So how did that feel for you hiring your first person? For me? Yeah. So I, I have, uh, right now I'm running 10 guys, but yeah, so. Oh, really? Yeah. I think it was Brandon that mentioned he took on oh, okay, his partner okay, okay. for it. But like, yeah, my first, oh, it, it made such a big difference because like, you never know, you get hearsed, like you said, now what? The customers still want the work done. They don't care that, I mean, they do care that you're hurt or whatever, but like, mm -hmm. Their lawn doesn't care if you're off. It still needs to be cut every week. So now it's definitely super important to find the right people. And even now I have like three main guys. They're on salary all year round because I need them. And then I know come springtime, they're there. They're able to take care of all our crews, like our hardscaping and lawn and all that stuff. So it's just so much weight off my shoulders to have the right people to fill in, fill those voids and keep everything running smoothly. You guys ever hear about the bus factor? My brother told me this. He's like, if you get hit by a bus and you can't work, like, what's your bus factor? Like, what's going to happen to your business? So I always laugh oh, at that one. And that's so, good. I like that. Not that, not, not that you want to get anybody, anybody hit by a bus, but you got to ask yourself that question. Like, what happens, yeah. right? So, Totally. Got to have a bit of a plan. Yeah. Nice. Okay. And what do you, uh, I guess you started out with mowing, Phil. Are you still doing that? Or what are you guys kind of doing right now? We evolved a lot throughout the year. So then like 2012, I got married, right. right? I got married in 2012. And that is like a big kick in your butt. That's like, all right, like no more like uh, only doing like 60, 70K in sales. Like you got you to get going. Like, like if you want to mm -hmm. have a house one day, you have to like, and back then you could actually afford a house, right? So like that, like <laughs> yeah. that got, that got, that got the, the gears turning in my head, the ball rolling. I added another employee. We had, like, we had two other guys with me, sometimes three, like always students, right? And uh, the business started growing. And, got up to about 120 accounts, some commercial, but mostly, mostly residential clients, mostly residential. And um, I think one of my downfalls in those years of business was um, I wanted to be there for every single job. I was overly picky. I was also doing snow removal and people would say, your snow removal is like a hospital service. You're there for every centimeter, right? And it was like the same thing with the grass cutting. I wanted to weed whack every single edge and do all the edging and everything and the, that was the biggest downfall because i was not learning how to like let things go or let other people do it i was ocd about quality instead of yeah. like training i just wanted to maintain that high level so i did that for a few years and i realized like this is going to eventually burn me out so i started um giving more leash to my main guy jake um who worked for me for six years and he started like running a crew 
And like ups and had its downs, but overall allowed me to have a little bit more flexibility to explore other options like hedge trimming. We would like get our 120 lawns done sometimes in like four days. We'd, we'd crush it. And then we would, on the Friday, if it was nice, we'd do hedges. And now I could do hedges two days or three days a week because I had a bit more of a leash. This is like until, uh, this is like 2017, um, yeah, full time into hedges. At, at that point, I had like completely let him do all the grass and I was doing hedges full time. And like, like Maren said before, like the, the whole point of this industry is you start, you get in with one thing and I have a high level of respect for people that can only cut grass, but I think there's more money on the table. And I was looking for a new challenge personally. Um, you know, I had a walker more, um, I had, you know, all these crazy turtles and all that. And like, I really, really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun, but I was looking for something a little bit more stimulating than, than the repetition. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good family life balance. though. like, that's the best. If you're cutting grass, you're not quoting at night. You're like, you have your, basically your eight to four or whatever you want to do. Like it was quite good for that. To be honest, if you, I do miss mm-hmm. that right now, because what we're doing right now is a far cry from what, from what I did back in the day. Right. Yeah. So yeah, are you working I, a whole lot more now? Like, oh, I know, like, are you like a Monday to Friday type of guy? Or are you seven oh, days a week? Or I'm always a Monday to Friday kind of a guy. Like, very mm-hmm. important for me to have weekends off uh, for the family. Like, that's a non-negotiable for me. Mm-hmm. But nice. um, as the company grew and, like, you're starting to quote hedges and, like, you're doing your hedges in the day, you have to quote hedges at night. And now we're doing tree work, right? Almost exclusively. It's the same thing. You're doing your tree work in the day, you're quoting, you're doing tree work at night. I uh, Sorry, you're doing your quotes at night. Um, you're spending less and less in time home. Whenever you're lawn mowing, kind of like have a big rush in the spring, get your contracts ready, and then you cruise control through the year, which which was a mm-hmm. nice, yeah. nice luxury. But I realized that for me and my family, like getting to where we wanted to go um, with my mentality, which was like a little bit, like I said, at the same time, overly centered on um, being there myself, I shifted away from that. And that was the greatest change for me. I was able to like, kind of like, got me out of that bondage of wanting to be there on every single job and started exploring, okay, let's do hedge trimming. Let's do stuff. And then instead of hedge trimming, I went through that wave. I wanted to trim all the hedges. No, I eventually got to train staff <laughs> to the yeah. point where this year, my first year apprentice, two months training, he did all my hedges at my house. Like, that shows you how far I've come. Like I'm, nice. I'm willing to let yeah. things go now. <clears throat> Then yeah. you have to, because if not, you'll just drive yourself crazy trying to be on. And I was the same way. Like when I had like the first crew, I'd kind of let them do the mowing and I do the landscaping. And then we'd get into the next one where it's kind of, you just kind of keep giving them more and more responsibility. Yeah. And it just yeah takes totally. so much weight to let you kind of, but I said, yeah. it's, in the beginning, it's definitely tough. Like a, and like I said, I trust all the guys, all, all that stuff. It's just like, I've did this for 13 years. It's my reputation. If you mess something up, it comes yeah. back. Yeah, on me, right? So as I said, it goes into a lot of training and that sort of stuff to yeah. get them to that level to make it work. Yeah, you guys have your names associated with your business. Like that's that's I didn't have that decision. My twin brother took the, took the last name when he like when we created our company. So oh, I had okay, to like, yeah. Like the word vision is actually from a Bible verse that says uh, where there is no vision, the people perish. And I was like praying, asking God, I need a word that's English and French. And vision, right. vision is, okay. is the same thing, right? So I was like, let's go. We got something let's that's bilingual. Nice. So yeah, that reads it. good. Oh, it reads very good. Nice. I think so. And so I switched eventually from landscaping to landscapes. That's whenever we were getting like into only hedges and we're getting into only, we're moving into tree work, right? This was in early 2020. Um, And I was like, I don't want this to be landscaping anymore, but I want to keep vision. So we decided to keep something that kind of represents the entire landscape, right? So we, we went with this name. And at that point, James, who still works with us now, 
he is like the lead climber in the company. He taught me how to climb. He came on board at the end of 2019 and has been working full time ever since, right? So he was like the first serious big ticket employee that I like that I brought in uh, into the company to help develop this new niche that we were getting into. Uh, he had a couple more years of experience under uh, his belt than I did. I had zero, <laughs> but uh, that's yeah, that's that's when we started getting into tree work. So we've kind of seen like the whole facet of the grain industry, right? Um, mm -hmm. I had all these hopes and wishes when I was grass cutting. I had dreams of a battery crew. I was like, I would love to be only doing battery head trimming right. uh, or battery grass cutting. And like, I know that that's, it's going there. I'm excited to see like all the progression in the industry, but yeah, uh, I didn't live to see that. I mean, I'm still alive, but <laughs> I, I, I didn't experience that. I was like, I think my kids, yeah. might, my, I think my kids will actually eventually like start some sort of a business. They actually have one called vision junior. I should charge, nice. them, a royalty. I should charge them a royalty. What do you guys Absolutely. think? Absolutely. Now you're yeah. talking. There's a, there's a company out here up in Halifax. I talked to the guy a fair bit and uh, it's Armdale lawn care and they're fully electric. Wow. Their mowers, their trimmers, everything. Yeah, they kind of took the plunge, and for him, it's working really well. Like they're winning; they're having mm -hmm. customers now that are hiring them specifically for that reason because they went that route and kind of allows them to do that. And a lot of people focus on that green side of it, right? So we always hear positive comments, you know, like mm -hmm. we're, we're, we can like take half a tree down, and like, the customer will wake up at nine o'clock and they'll be like, "You're here? Well, yeah, yeah. Like, we just we use battery chainsaws, and we haven't used the chipper yet, so they're." Like, it's uh, we had a funny story. It was two years ago. We had a client. We told him we'd be there from seven to four. And at seven fifteen, he texts us like, "Where aren't you here yet?" We're like, "Buddy, we're in your trees and we're cutting a battery tool. <laughs> we're, we're in the trees. <laughs> yeah, we're already here. Yeah, that's no, amazing. They're, they're definitely nice for that way. Yeah, the yeah. quietness of it. So, oh yeah, you guys, uh, so you guys running battery equipment at all for like like or or not 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 quite yet. Um, I have I, some battery stuff. Yeah. I have, uh, we have a, like a concrete saw. I have a Milwaukee. I run a lot of Milwaukee stuff. Um, so we have a concrete saw, chainsaw, hedge trimmer, just kind of like the basic stuff yeah. for it. I do yeah. like the idea of it. I think I'm going to get into it a bit more just because just the, the ring when you're running a gas powered hedge trimmer, just all day long, oh, it'll drive you crazy. And and it for will. us with the chainsaws, like we do a bit of tree work. We don't do a ton of it. We have a couple of good subs we sub it out to. Um, but, so we have a couple of gas powered chainsaws. And our issue is we don't use them every day. So then they get gummed up and then you go to start it and then you're fighting with it versus mm -hmm. you grab the Milwaukee saw, put a battery in it, pull a trigger and away she goes. She goes. Yeah. 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 Same with us. We, we got the chainsaw and the, I'm a, we're a big steel you know, company. I'm a big steel guy, so I got the the uh, the battery chainsaw, the hedge trimmer, um, you know, and a couple other little things. So, but yeah, obviously, want to get into that going forward. It's clearly the way the industry's going. Uh, you know, we went to Expo and everything's battery, right? So we went to the Crest booth. I, I was at the Landscape Ontario show a week or two ago, and I I went over to the Crest booth and I checked out what they have going on and it's it's really cool so it's it's going that way that's pretty exciting yeah i like i have an acre property and uh if i'm like doing all the edge i, I have the ego i bought it with my own money uh zero turn trackers expensive piece of oh i seen that yeah that's expensive that's like nine grand but i wanted my wife to use something that was like kid friendly she could have a kid on her lap uh not have to fight to start it 
and uh, you know less emissions and whatever like it worked great we can cut the entire property on about you know 45 percent of the battery just under half which is which is pretty good um Mm -hmm. issue runs into like we're not bagging right we're just like mulching if you're bagging it sucks and it drains the battery like you would not believe it it's okay and even on like the 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 edges i could do like on a 2.5 amp hour battery i could do all the edging barely on one battery so okay I, like if you don't want to get caught in having to come back to the front lawn to get gas, like batteries are going to have to have like some sort of a charging system in your truck where you can always make sure if you're going for a walk, you take a full charge battery, right? I love them for yeah. chainsaws, but on stuff like in lawn mowing, like you lose like your minute, it could be five dollars a minute. Like I don't know what your minutes are, but it really depends. Like whenever I was cutting grass, it was like about you know two bucks a minute more or less. Like if you would mess mm-hmm. things up, yeah, you're losing money. We kind of like sometimes we have lawn guys get impatient at us right and they're like honking horns and like i don't i understand them because i was them back in the day and like if if we're in your spot and you can't get there and mow everything efficiently you might not be making money like it, it's mm-hmm. that much of a fine line that everything yeah. has to be working like you gotta precisely. have that dialed in i know yeah. yep i know no breakdowns and it's uh I know tight margins. It's the lawn mowing's a tough game. Definitely, it's consistent, which is good, but it's it's hard. Yeah. So I know. Nice. Well, you touched on a bit that you kind of guys do more residential. Is that still what you're kind of focusing on, mainly residential? Yeah. Um, we have some municipal contracts of tree work, but they're they're kind of hard to to attain. Um, there's always people that will charge less than us. We feel like we're just not going after like the lower feeders you can be like really 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 busy not making a lot of money right so we'd rather be less busy and target like higher end clients and their friends and their neighbors so mm-hmm. not nice. i i'd say still like 95 percent of our work is residential uh there's not much commercial tree work out there some some municipal right. but um people laugh at me all the time but i would not be against doing a return to lawn mowing if someone would come up to me and say phil I want to run a lawn mowing division in vision landscapes. I would sincerely consider it because like we have that reputation. Uh, it's just another mm-hmm. way how to like be on the streets more, be advertising and, and diversifying your, yourself more and more. Like I, I would not personally want to manage it. We're actually hiring two horticulturists this year. That's our goal to, to manage like a small hedge garden bed division, right? So that's our mm. introduction back into softscapes. We kind of like veered away from it for a while. But yeah, our work is predominantly residential. And uh, um, yeah, we do 80% tree work, maybe 20% hedge work. It depends on the year, right? But uh, we want to be very careful to if we bring in more services. I don't want to be doing any of it, right? You want to be just managing. No, Mm -hmm. I know. Yeah, you don't want to be back on the lawnmower again. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't mind. The walkers are a lot of fun. Oh, I know. Yeah, no, you ran not. walkers. Yeah, I knew you were a, a walker guy. I had a, I think, a MC20. I don't know. I forget the, I forget the letters. But yeah, it was like a 20 yeah, horsepower. Right. A lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, they're great machines. I know. We love ours. So, no, not that's good. Me. Brandon yeah, made not me for drive Martin. it down and equip. I couldn't say. Ah, uh, <laughs> I couldn't drive the thing to save my life. It was hilarious. He's just was putzing so around. Because I'm so slow. used to like a like a double arm zero turn press yeah. or the stand down where just like your two hands and then I'd go to like let go to go back and I'm like no this ain't for me. <laughs> I'd rather push more than run that thing. 
Oh, we'll get you on one up here in the summer. Yeah, when I come up in April or whatever. Yeah. Oh, it's one of the only yeah. mores you can like drink coffee and and still drive. Just saying. Yeah, that's hey, good point. Yeah, stand on the... one hand in the middle. Yeah, there. Yeah, that, that works too. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Nice. So the hedges you do, they're mostly like bigger, kind of full, like because we we have stuff here, like our head, we have stuff that are like three to four feet, and we have other stuff that might be seven or eight. Like, are you mostly like large scale hedges yes. and stuff? So what happened here, and like where we live in like the West Island of Montreal. Um, in the 70s, like 50, 55 years ago, 70s and 80s, a lot of people planted uh, varieties of cedar hedges, right? Either Thuya occidentalis or Thuya nigra, mostly Thuya occidentalis, which is like at that point, like a, a, a taller and wider growing hedge um, for <laughs> privacy, right? So a lot of these hedges today, we're getting into them. They're 40, 50 years old, they're mature, and they're monsters. If they're not controlled, they're, you know, they're uh 15 to 20 feet high and they can equally they can be that wide as well so uh having the lift is a great help to be able to reach and to do things safely that like was what piqued my introduction to tree work because it was like 2019 in the summer before i had met james and i was there like standing on the top rung of my 16 foot ladder and i was like this is dumb i should have a harness i bought a roofer's harness and a rope and a helmet I only wore the helmet. I never touched the the harness. It's still inside its sealed box and the rope too. And I at that time I didn't really know too much about arborist knots. So here I was, knowing that I should be doing things safer because we were attacking the biggest hedges in the like around, right? And and doing mm-hmm. so, I'd say pretty dangerously. It's a miracle that I'm probably still here. But we started, you know, after that James joined the business, we started like climbing. We'd climb inside the hedges. It was a bit different of harnesses and ropes. And then with the lift, we're able to now, you know, reduce right. these hedges uh, a lot easier. Yeah, but we have been known for the big, the big crazy hedges. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, you don't, you can't get your lift in every backyard. So some of them you have to uh, climb still, and just to reduce the tops. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's such a job. It's, it's the hardest, most annoying job in the world. You get all scratched up. And, yeah. Uh, do you guys have a lot so of you, cedar? Okay. You have a lot of cedar out in Nova Scotia? No. Well, toward Halifax stuff has a bit, but out where I'm at, I'm out in Cape Breton, okay. and we have very little. The salt air just right. kills everything out here. <laughs> yeah, it's it makes it tough. No yeah, kidding. They're all they don't take too long to be turning uh, <laughs> turning orange and yeah, making a getting mess. Real, getting real crispy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we no. we have quite a bit of cedars out here. Of course, we're by Toronto. You know that, Phil, but. Yeah, we got enough cedars. It's probably similar to you guys. It's a good variety. I mean, it's it's uh, evergreen privacy throughout the yeah. year. It's important to know how to structure them properly to support snow load. Um, I made a YouTube video on that. That's not a plug to my YouTube channel at all. But, oh, no, uh, it is. We like <laughs> but, that. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, structure is important for cedar hedges. But what's more important is this new variety, Thuya nigra, which is a black cedar, essentially. It's a titch darker, but... It will not grow taller than six meters, 18 feet, and it won't grow wider. I think it is than two meters, six feet. So it's going to stay narrow. And that's mm-hmm. clutch now. So people are planting those single stem varieties a lot more. Um, planting multi stems, everyone would try to grow out towards the sun, right? So that's why we'd be reached uh, having these monstrous wide hedges in people's backyards. And uh, yeah, so we're doing a lot of hedge replanting. I just got off the phone today for a client. Um, she got us to top her hedge last year from 24 feet down to 16 so we took a huge chunk off 
because she wanted to, she knew she was getting a big renovation project done and she would not be able to get the lift in there ever again. So she wanted a big mm-hmm. reduction. Okay. Two months later, she ripped out the whole hedge and we're like, she wants, she's like, I want you to replant one now that's more narrow. So we spent oh. so much time doing the reduction and now she, she did, but like, that's fine. And we're, we're very happy to help her out and we're replanting 13 footers uh, in the spring. So that'll be May. That'll be a very big job. I think those trees are going to be any close, close 800 pounds each. Uh, we're going to probably get a crane just to like lift them in and drop them into the holes. It's going to be a, yeah, it's like between a 50 and 75 K job. It's, it's a pretty sizable wow, job. Wow. Okay. That'll be good. Sounds like a YouTube video is on the way. Yeah, get a drone. Uh, I have a bad yeah. history of cra- crashing drones, but uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll try to keep it in the air for this one. Yeah, I've been there before. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. Piloting. Nice. Yeah, but... I had a drone back in the day. I ran it right into the willow tree at mom and dad's, smashed <laughs> on the asphalt. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is not a toy. <laughs> no. Now there's so a thousand... Go ahead. Yeah. I got a question. So when you go back to your uh, your lift there, are you talking about a man lift or are you talking about that little truck, the mini truck you have with the liftable bed on the back of it? Oh, we got to talk about that. <laughs> I see like I see that all your time on your Instagram every time I go to it and I'm like, yeah, that thing is wicked. It is pinned on the top of my profile because it's one of my better videos. But yeah, uh, that little Japanese mini truck. So they're called K trucks. And in Quebec, we're allowed importing them. Uh, once they're 25 years old, so in, for, in, in Ontario it's 15. I don't know what it is out of Nova Scotia, but every province has different regulations because you import okay. them as an antique. So my truck's 25 years old, and um, it's a rare model that's not only a dumper but it's also a scissor lift. And I was like, ding, 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 this is gonna be amazing. So yeah, my wife would like drive it around and she would like boom me up and down, just like hitting the sides of the hedge. I did 200 feet of hedge in like under an hour. Uh, wow, like, wild, yeah, wild. Wow. <laughs> Tell my shoulders that, but that's not <laughs> yeah. what I call the, the lift is our easy lift, which is our quarter million dollar Italian spider lift, right? Like that thing, uh, attracts, it can retract to 36 inches. We can get into almost any backyard and we need like a, uh, I think around a 14 by 19 foot deployment pad area. And from there we can reach 87 feet up and 48 feet out. So if we get into a middle of a yard, we can oftentimes do the hedges around all sides, which is, which is pretty, pretty convenient. handy. So yeah, that's what I call the lift. Uh, we're okay. in like year two on payments on it, um, mm-hmm. which, uh, yeah, it's probably a good segue to equipment because yeah, none of our equipment really is owned. And that's like a huge thing in our company. We love leasing to own. It's a higher interest okay. rate, but you get to use that thing now to make money now. So like mm-hmm. instead of saving up like 30, 40 K to buy a brand new chipper, you lease it, you get a smaller payment, you keep your cash. You could even like, get two pieces of equipment and instead of like you know chipping little six inch branches you're chipping 12 inch logs and you're just producing more and you're being more efficient and that's like been the key to successor at our company has been leasing to own equipment if we would only have gone ahead of cash i'd have like only two employees instead of eight and we'd be like spinning around in like older trucks Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's would you guys do what do you guys do with like let's say like a it's tricky because if your tr- equipment's like 20k and less like you can oftentimes like pay it and like write mm-hmm. it off like you guys like so that, ever do that's that that's what i do with my tra- yeah i did that with my new uh my new tractor i bought like for snow removal like yeah it was one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> i don't have that sitting Nobody, around in cash no, no. Yeah. so like i said the dealer i work with it's been wicked like they gave me a really good like lease deal on it and basically what i'm paying for that next year i can add two of them for the same price 
over like the five year term that it would cost me to buy a new one. Wow. To like so that's what and then it's nice too with snow, right? The stuff kind of the snow, the salt, everything kind of takes its toll on it. So we'll just kinda of do like a five year and then just keep kind of cycling them out and that's the method we're gonna try for it. But everything else we've kind of financed and bought. But like I said, the stuff mm-hmm. small stuff, absolutely like the yeah. mowers and stuff. But once you're getting into fifty, sixty thousand dollars and at a high growth rate, it's hard to put cash right. away for all of that are you planning to like give your tractors back in and get new ones is that what you're planning on doing that's that's my current plan on one of them it's like a they have like a five-year uh lease with a buy so i can buy it out at the end but i think with it, i'm going to try it so i can kind of get a a bigger fleet of them because we're basically just trying to grow there's no one here that does snow removal with tractors so we're just going to try to grow it for a while and keep expanding because that's like i know that's huge in like montreal with the inverted blowers Mm -hmm. oh it's yeah everywhere yeah so that's that's my plan to try to kind of get that numbers up first and then as we get the numbers increase then we'll buy them versus do like a like i said it's just kind of a way to allow us to grow quickly to kind of keep up with the market and demand we have for it yeah, uh, if you can keep your cash as well, you can like afford to have more guys full time in the winter to offer a better service, even if you don't necessarily have enough work for them. You know, you could do that extra pass per day, but mm-hmm. that's tricky. Like whenever I did snow removal, I did commercial walkways, so I had like my my snowblowers like on these like little wheelchair ramps in the back on like the hitches or on these ramps mm-hmm. in the back of the truck with these huge drums full of salt, and we did commercial walkways. And like I said, my downfall was that I was like doing too good of a job and so they got used to it so like there'd be a centimeter of snow they'd be calling me so uh mm-hmm. i had that was one life lesson i had to learn just like temper expectations and to be very careful on the level of quality that you're doing and it, and i was new in business but it's important i guess that to have these contracts and like have a good understanding between clients and 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 mm-hmm. uh and and company on on what expectations are especially with snow removal like and that's the thing you do one storm like that you come out for this like little half inch storm that you normally wouldn't go for then the next half inch storm they're like well how come you didn't come for this one so like i get where you're coming with that for sure right it's kind of it makes it a tricky subject but they said temper it all and away you go you're right just back to the equipment real quick um yeah you mentioned something about like your plan was to like you're not sure if you want to like buy it back or if you want to return it all my equipment i 100 percent will be buying um, I have like $10 buybacks at the end. So it's like 8% interest. It's higher. Some of it is six, but it's high percent interest, but it's all like the lift is $3,500 Canadian a month. Um, but if you wanted to rent that thing, it'd be about 2000, including delivery for a day. And mm-hmm. there's like a month waiting list. And if it's rainy, they're still going to deliver it. So, and you can't like bring it from job site to job site. It's, it's, does not make any sense at all how i viewed equipment and i think that this is like a good takeaway for anybody listening perhaps is um if like obviously if you're looking at how much how much times you'd have to rent it that's one way of looking at it right so if we bought a grapple trailer that picks up logs right that thing is six hundred dollars a month so we're like cutting trees all the time and i'm realizing like can i save six hundred dollars which is represents like an hour of work for cutting trees it's an hour of work can mm-hmm. i save an hour a month by having this thing yes i'm buying it and yep. this is, we're not even talking about like how much easier this is going to be on your body but if it can save you an hour and it's saving us like a lot more than that and that's how you mm-hmm. keep on adding equipment is like how much time can this save me um because the more time you save the more you can do in a day 
and the less tired you're going to be, the earlier you're going to end your days, and the more the more profits you'll make at the end of the week. And I'm sure your guys like it a whole lot more too, because they're not going home and sore and everything yeah. else, right? So yeah, it's like yeah. new new guys that come and like work and they come for interviews. Like they, they go on our website. Two guys, I'm meeting with them on Monday for interviews, and they're like, "Yeah, we've been on your website. We saw your equipment." I'm like, hey, hey, "Yeah, that's why you're here. You just want to play. Yeah, you want to play. You want to play video games with the remote control equipment all day." Nice. Mm-hmm. Because oh, I know, um, I think I think you know him as well, Mitch Jameson. Oh yeah, Mitch from, my, yeah. He actually stayed in this room right here, like last April. Not even joking. Really? Yeah. Because yeah, I, I was gonna say I went to school with Mitch at the agriculture college, and I know he has some of that stuff too, like some of those spider lifts. And he's re- he's really big into investing in the gear to kind of save the the whole labor side and be as efficient as possible. So that's kind of the route you're going too, right? Just yeah, I think finds it. I think our I think we have like a two to one gear to employee ratio and we have like eight employees, right? So we have like mm-hmm. I have two tractors, we have a big stump grinder, we have two wood chippers, two chucks. Uh it's not even talking about the trailers, the lift, uh a pressure like a, a fertilizing rig. So we almost have like a two to one ratio. So some of the equipment, like I we have an avant, which is like a green lift. Mish has one too that grabs logs and moves them around. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And like for the first year we took this thing out like once a month, maybe once every six weeks. And it's like, you know what's the payment on that maybe a thousand dollars a month maybe a bit less mm-hmm. and like you'd think like that's ridiculous like why don't you just rent it whenever you need it but like after the first year we're using it a lot more often to the point where today we're using it so much but we've we've like been able to like make payments on it beforehand and now we're like we're benefiting benefiting having already purchased it at a lower price and the right. one thing i would say is like always try to buy equipment a bit before you need it um the work is gonna come it always comes and i'm not saying like go out and get something that's like way above your means uh but for us like we bought a wood chipper we bought a six inch wood chipper and that's the worst decision i ever made i put 0.9 hours on that thing and i put it right back to the dealer and i said this thing is not going to be good for us i took a four thousand dollar hit i said i want the 12 inch chipper we got the 12 inch chipper and we made more than that four thousand dollars back in efficiency in like four or five weeks so mm-hmm, and nice. the rest is history we have a 15 inch shipper now as well the 12 inch like plays second fiddle and it can be on for a second crew but it's it's hard to know like how big to go whenever you're making that purchase but you have to plan for a little bit in advance like would you guys mm. say that as well absolutely yeah it's totally. so huge for that Glad to be able that. to like and like when we bought our first machine like we were sub like our first excavators i think it was the first machine i bought besides the tractor for snow um but like so the excavate we were kind of subbing it out we were subbing out the work or we were renting and then we started doing the math on it. it's like in one year i like doubled the payments on what a machine would have been and i'm just like you start looking back and it's like god damn. like you start realizing like all these little things that you could have like fixed where i knew the work was going to come regardless because like we were going in that direction, we were getting those calls, we were growing that way. We just didn't take the plunge at first, and now it's like the opposite. It's just like, yeah, I think I'd make that work, and I'll figure it out and pull the trigger. Yeah. Now we buy all kinds of things. <laughs> so that was like us. Yeah, this summer. we're. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. We're. Uh, I guess for us, we we just started getting into the construction side of things, so. Kind of, we, we did do the renting thing this year, but we, we didn't have, we didn't have a lot of that kind of work. We, we still did a lot of lawn maintenance and bed maintenance. So, but this year I'm definitely looking at 
getting one of those like Martin, you have that Kubota track loader. Yeah. That thing I'm is definitely that's on my wish list so for this year. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. we're gonna pull the trigger on that in the spring because that's gonna help us be so much more efficient, right? So and people look at you like you're crazy. So that's like a little diesel wheelbarrow. Yeah. It'll take like a half yard material at a time. And like people thought I was crazy spending 14 grand on a wheelbarrow. But I'm like, <laughs> it eliminates three to four laborers of hauling material. Yeah. Like we made the, our money back on that in no time at all, just with like our savings on labor, efficiency, everything, right? And it fits on the front of a trailer with the excavator. You pair the two of them up and it's a tough combo to beat for moving moving material because like no like you, we do a lot of residential for like our landscaping and stuff yeah so we're going in through a three-foot gate and that thing will drive through it no problem get it in and the boys aren't dead at the end of the day from pushing wheelbarrows up a hill full of topsoil and i think that's the shift guys they eh? like the old school mentality towards like the new school mentality like my dad taught us like unfortunately the opposite like work hard and i think that i respect him a lot like having to, like taught us how to like work hard with your hands no matter how long it takes you do it with the equipment you have but like the shift and like what we can see online and through social media and like through these podcasts for example and youtube they were able to explore other people's other people hear their experiences and learn like what we we're just talking about today getting equipment getting that little piece of equipment that m- people might say does not make sense uh, it's your decision like you're running your own business yeah. they're, they're, they're not running it for you 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 make that decision and and you and you live and you die by it right and but only you know no one knows your company more than you do and if you think mm-hmm. it's a good call you bring that in and like i said you're already making money on it and the new generation unfortunately does not want to work too hard and <laughs> Or at all. I don't need a, I'm not, uh, yeah, exactly. But I think we can attract a lot of people from different industries with equipment. Like I'm advertising for guys, like for people that want to come and work. It doesn't have to be a tree guy who has experience. It could be like there was one guy who's applying as a project manager. He's been a project manager his whole life. And now he wants to get into tree work and he sees we have good equipment. Um, mm-hmm. I know for a fact that, that if he would go and go and work for uh, some other Joe Blow who doesn't have like a lift, who doesn't have like this fancy equipment. They have to like lift logs. My guy Cam that mm-hmm. works with me, he did like manual physical tree work labor. Like that's how they would get the wood into the trucks. Like cut it and like, put mm-hmm. it over your shoulder. Shows up here yeah. and he's like, "Wow, this is this is, this is not a joke." But you know what I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. feels like a joke to him. <laughs> yeah. So do you find that gives like, that obviously gives you a huge advantage when you're hiring kind of able to give yourself a bit of the kind of the cream of the crop because they know they're getting that top-notch gear and they're not picking up like you said picking up logs by hand because i'm sure we've all done that and i don't want to do it no more yeah i think it's attractive i think it's definitely attractive for people that are looking around for for a company and unfortunately i think a lot of the industry and the tree work as well is 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 a little bit further behind the game so a lot of people might not even uh how can i say that they won't won't even know that this is out there they're going to be mm-hmm. like either if they're if you if you're working for somebody who's 40 or 50 years old they're not on social media they're not learning they're probably stuck in their own ways unfortunately we witness this all the time they have bad work practices as well so they're not only mm-hmm. like making life for you more dangerous mm-hmm. but they are uh you're you're just like a number they just need to make their money and they just need to have a helper at a team vision i call it team vision because we're a team uh we just we just we want to come together. We want everybody to be able to trim a hedge, climb a tree, and do everything. Like we want jacks up. We want we want Swiss Army knives throughout the whole company, mm-hmm. and for equipment operation as well. So I do think it's an attractive thing. It's I'm not a, I'm not an employee. I'm the boss. So it's 
you'd have to ask my guys, but mm -hmm. I would want to work for my company. You'd ask yourself yeah, the question it, as a boss, like, totally. would you want to work for yourself? Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a way exactly. to look at it. And then you realize, right. You can kind of, if I wouldn't yeah. want to walk, work for me, why would somebody else? Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. exactly. And I know nice. you're big on like, you're obviously, you said with everybody kind of being able to do everything. So are you providing training for all those employees? Yeah. So, I mean, whenever it comes to like a lift or it comes to like a, a tree climbing, that's very specific, right? Because like that mm -hmm. is like work at heights, right? So we do aerial rescue training, right? So, which is essentially, that's what Mitch came to teach us here, actually. Okay. So it was like how to like, and we had done a little bit of it, of it, of it before, but it's how to properly, you know, get down from a tree if someone is injured. Um, mm -hmm. We did crane uh, removal, which is a very possible, a popular one on how to take out trees. We did a training for that. Um, okay. Whenever it comes to tree work, you can go and do a course, which is a physical course that will teach you how to do it. I personally think you can probably learn more on the job if you have a good mentor. James, who's in mm -hmm. our company, is a fantastic mentor, right? I, I kind of like unofficially call him like the head of education because he like teaches us. His nose is in the books 24-7. He's always teaching us something new. And if there's a new guy, like I'll put him on the crew with James and James will kind of show him the ropes. And that's going to be like one thing we're doing in this, in the company a lot more this year, structuring like role assignment, like who's teaching, who's doing that. But yeah, do we provide training? Yeah. If it's like a stump grinder or if it's like a loader, something that's not really mm -hmm. like life and death, if you know what I mean, right. We can teach those things, no problem in house. But mm -hmm. uh, if it's something that's related to um, work safety, uh, we want to make sure that we have been, taught it as well if it needs accreditation we will make it possible for our guys to get accreditations that's actually okay. something that's interesting quebec is bringing in some sort they're talking about it bringing in some sort of like accreditation needed to do tree work so it's we're gonna have to like even me i might have to do a course so it's kind yeah. of silly okay. and, and kind of get certified to be able to do it in the province physically not like a certified arborist that's like a documentation kind of a thing um, okay that I'm, I'm studying as well to take the exam this spring you don't have to be a certified arborist currently to be able to do tree work, but uh, it's something that I've always wanted to do, and uh, it's something that the government might eventually require, right? So mm -hmm. I'm just going to start do it. pushing yeah. it and kind of get ahead of the game if you can do it now instead of yeah when it's crunch time. Education is huge. Education is yeah. huge. Like in tree work, I find like it's never ending. You're learning more about diseases. You're learning more about ways how to save and preserve trees. And I find like a setting of grass cutting, you're learning about different fertilizers. You're learning about different things you can do to try to ultimately uh, perfect your service and, and attract more clients and, and offer more. And I think that uh, it's even in the hardscaping, like you, Martin, like if you have to be able to keep up with new products. And that's what these trade shows are fantastic for. Mm -hmm. and you mentioned like a sprayer and for do you do that for like trees as well like the spraying side of it and stuff it's actually interesting is that our, our lift actually is plumbed with electrical and and like a water out so we could we could spray trees like from the top of our bucket if we wanted to we haven't yet but we that's um that's a we, nice feature yeah we have some yeah. like a manual backpack sprayer so we'll spray like neem oil or dormancy oil on magnolia trees if there's like scale on them um mm -hmm. We actually have an injector, so we'll inject the soil around trees with uh, either fertilizer or mic or biochar mixes. Like we're kind of this is actually an interesting part of the business. We were like developing these mixes in house uh, and like experimenting and documenting how the, the trees react to them. And it's nothing that's dangerous. Um, mm -hmm. The number one thing that people like to do when they fertilize is just pump stuff with nitrogen and just watch stuff 
bloom out more. But on a tree, for a grass, that might be okay. I mean, you look at grass, you look at a tree. I mean, they're both living, but I think a lot more people have feelings about a tree than about grass. If you do it to mm -hmm. grass, the grass you can always change. If you do it to a tree, you can like overstress it, right? And you don't want to pump it with too much of that, right? If it's just like pushing out way too much growth. Um, mm -hmm. So there's other things that will it will will inject into the root system besides nitrogen, and I'll be making some more videos and contents about that this year. But uh, nice. yeah, it, there's a lot of it. Just it's endless, guys. Like once you like want to get into this industry and learn, and want to eventually not only learn but be able to give more. And I think all of you guys want to do that as well. When you you want to give back to the community, you have to keep mm -hmm. your knowledge increasing as well. Yeah, stay on top of everybody else. Yeah, so you can, nice. Yeah. That's a good That's point. Good. Phil. I really like that idea of like the tree kind of because I don't really know if there's anyone out here that does that. And I met with somebody from I think they were in New Brunswick, and they were kind of getting into that kind of doing like the the injector pruning or injector feeding and stuff like that. And yeah, it's a really cool concept. So like I've kind of been toying with the idea, kind of reading into it a bit, and kind of figure out maybe if there's something to offer and if it, people are willing to to kind of pay to do it, kind of dive a little deeper. Yeah, Brandon, where you're from, I spoke to one guy. I can't remember his name for the life of me, but he like taught me a lot about like what to do. Okay. Uh, but it's huge. PHC. So PHC plant health care is huge right. in the GTA. It's massive. Yeah. It's massive. Here in Quebec, it's like just starting. A lot of the ash trees have died in the past few years with the emerald ash borer. A lot of people yeah. are just a lot of new companies are getting developed. People are just like, everyone's opening a tree business. You get a tree business. You get a tree business. Yeah. And the trees are coming down. But like we need to sustain and, and develop and, and train the younger ones. And so we're like, we're not chasing the ash tree removal game. We get them if it's our clients and if the price is right. But we're just immediately going into PHE, developing that as, uh, you know, cabling as well, bracing trees that have cracks in them. You don't need to take down the tree. You could bolt it and let it last another decade. But by fertilizing trees and developing their root systems properly, uh we're hoping to you know develop a new niche here which is much like you martin to be honest with you not that not that, that not as developed as like where brandon's from mm -hmm. oh there's there's nothing out here for that so it's kind of like and that's what i try and weasel into these kind of different mm -hmm. little venue or avenues i guess and kind of see what's what's available and sometimes they work and sometimes they they don't right because we're we're definitely behind in the times compared to a lot of the rest of canada Cause like, we're still, we're five hours past Halifax. Like that'd be the next biggest city. And they're kind of like up and growing and stuff. But once you go across that bridge under the Island, it's, it's a whole other world. Back into the thirties over on Cape Breton. Eh? I don't know. About, I don't know about <laughs> that. that far, bad, but, but yeah, no, I know. A little no, you, delay or something. Uh, you're not, you're not too far behind the time. So no, <laughs> that's good. Uh, Phil, do you do any marketing or advertising around or how do you go about that so i pride uh, i what's the past tense of pride i <laughs> prouded myself i prided myself pride pride, pride. Yeah. i like using it word. <laughs> um so growing up like uh, sorry like whenever i started my business my dad did advertising a little bit when we got the company up to like 90 clients but after that not that much a little bit of door hang like door hangers here and there but i never had any letters on my truck yeah. until 2020 until we got our first chip truck never had any letter mostly because i was parking in a residential area we had to keep things low-key i didn't want to be like showcasing hey yeah this and that lawn mowing we had to be a little covert about it so no diesel mm -hmm. trucks 
everything was like everything was gas i i run ran a lot of gmc sierras you know 1500s 2500s like i love mm-hmm. uh, i bought a gmc sierra at 2500 for uh, $8000 8 years later i sold it for the same price <laughs> nice. sounds about right yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep yeah. That, I, I missed that truck. That was, a, that was that truck. Like that truck built the business. Like it was, it was, it was an absolute tank. It was a, just like the base work model, no fancy frills, and uh, that was great. But yeah, we did a little bit of advertising, just like not even lawn sign, just like door to door flyers. I'd have a girl going around on a bike, and she was like, she was from my church, and she would go around, and if I she saw a big hedge, put a flyer there. And that's how we kind of like developed a little bit more hedge clients by seeing shaggy hedges and like planting some flyers um, in those mailboxes. Um, no online marketing at all, really, until like we started getting into tree work. But the transition to tree work took a bit of faith because we were like getting away from like the the comfort of like even the, the grass contracts into like the unknown of like, you know, having to go out and get jobs all the time. So mm-hmm. we started doing a little bit more uh, Facebook advertising. Um, I never had a website either until like, 2020 which was okay you didn't really need one for grass cutting just kind of like word of mouth right and like yeah a lot of people like they'll like lift like yeah i'm word of mouth 100 percent. but listen you got to be online if you're not online in 2024 uh you're missing out on like the new generation of, of people that are looking for work they're looking for like your google five-star reviews they're looking for your they're looking for your reputation they're looking for your website and they want to be able to know that they can get taken care of so mm. we do a bit of advertising right now um seo every month like 750 i pay 750 bucks my uh, website designing company kind of goes through stuff and like re-ads new pages in the back end blog posts and whatnot uh google ads and Mm -hmm. lawn signs but um yeah with social media is great i mean like even through my instagram we get we get jobs you guys get you guys get jobs through your like your instagrams as well yeah, Martin gets Martin gets a lot I of get, jobs. I get a fair bit because like we're probably one of the only companies out here that really do social media. So when you, if you look it up in Sydney, and and like we have we had a huge job. We were there for twelve weeks this summer on a job that we picked up through Instagram. Wow, she was because we have a lot of people move like after COVID. We had a lot of people moving from Ontario and stuff to here. People just kind of packed because like houses are cheap and everything, so it's easy for them to sell a house there, buy a house cash here and live a pretty comfortable life. So people would look on social media and we were pretty much the top one to come up Mm -hmm. every time. Like, and then we had, we had a lot of luck too with like our spring services. Like if we were doing aerating and all that stuff, we post a video and we might have three to four people message us and say, what are you doing? Hmm. What does it do for my lawn? And can you give me a quote on it? And that'd be a couple days a week. We would have that. So That's we've had good. we've had really good luck, and I'm kind of similar to you. Like we don't before like 2020. I don't think we spent any money on marketing. It was all kind of word of mouth. Um, yeah, we just kind of grinded it out that way. But since then, like as we get more people and the workflow needs to kind of keep coming, we obviously have to spend a little money to kind of keep a bit more work steadily flowing in versus just kind of relying on all our existing customers. But yeah, we do Google Ads, maybe a little Facebook marketing, and that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Steve, yeah. We, we get a few jobs from Instagram, but definitely not what Martin gets. Um, I'm really glad you touched on SEO on your website, Phil, because that's so important to keep your, you know, your website at number one for Google. Google's always, you know, scanning your website to seeing if you're updating stuff and 
by doing that, you're just totally on it. So it seems like a big cost, but I think it totally comes back to you. Yeah, I to be honest, I feel like I I don't know if I have total faith in the guy who's doing it right now. <laughs> yeah. I, if you hear this, like I just had a phone call with you, buddy, and like I think we're gonna bring some changes, but I just want them to be a little bit more proactive. I feel like there's a bit too much repetition going on. And yeah. like I was watching some YouTube videos. And like the guy who I've been working with him for a few years, so I'm sure he would take it. But uh, the I, I was watching some YouTube videos on SEO creation. People are saying, you know, you have to like avoid anything that's like repetition. You have to try to be unique. People are trying to, if they're coming to your website, they don't want to see anything that if they're seeing a random blog post and kick and clicking on it, they want to see something that's unique and not not too repetitive. So um, I think anything is better than nothing at this point. And I know like my brother, like he ran like a very successful. Uh, uh hardscaping company and uh so his his hardscaping company at some point i think they were doing like 10 percent advertising so if you're doing like you know a million or two million dollars in sales per year like like you have to crank that lever like if 10 percent of your money if you can crank that lever and put in advertising money and get sales they're doing like mostly paving ceiling right so like they're cleaning uni stone and, and just gutting the joints and resanding and re-leveling and sealing mm-hmm. and that's okay. almost all that they do and mm-hmm. Yeah, like their advertising costs like ten percent of like their like their their gross sales, which is like, wow, that scares me. That scares me. Like, yeah, I probably I probably do like like around maybe twenty k a year of advertising, maybe. But right, it's it's like yeah. it's a really good saying, and this is not from me. Uh, but like stopping to advertise to save money is like stopping your watch and think you're gonna save time. I yeah. like that. That's good, good way to put it. That's a good one. It's not from I me, but like you can like, I'll take it. I'll take oh, it. we'll take, we'll give you the credit for it. Oh yeah. You, you told it, you told it to us. So yeah. it's yours now. <laughs> then we'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep passing it along. Yep. No, that's a good one. You can't stop advertising. Like even like, no, in, even in the rough spells, you just have to keep on, you just have mm. to keep on cranking that lever. Like in the winter, I'll tone down a little bit on our advertising, but, then I went back and I put back my post and I uh, on Google Ads. I'm like, no, like people still need to see you. They need to know that you're around, that you exist. I, mm-hmm. One guy who actually built, and this is a, another good illustration. And we had the, uh, the Olympics here in '67 in Montreal, and the cra- architect guy built these crazy buildings. They're, they're called the Olympic Village, where all the athletes would stay. And people were so impressed by the design, and everybody was like. Oh my goodness, this guy is like such a renowned, world-renowned guy. He must be so busy. He must be crazy busy. Uh, 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 we're not even going to bother going to him and like asking him for work. And nobody went to him. The guy actually like ended up going bankrupt like a few years down the road because he had nowhere to work. <laughs> he did these phenomenal buildings, and then it's wow. just like gone, right? So yeah. right. So you have to like tell people. You have to tell people like, hey, yeah, like we're doing a lot of good stuff, but. We're still open. We're still looking for our next project. We're still looking to uh, to help you. And like our first word on our website is like we can help you with. We want to be able to like tell people that we can come and address a, a pain point. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's like yeah, you have a broken tree or something that's annoying, or you have concerns uh, about this or that. We can help you. Our specialist like that like rings and resonates throughout our, throughout our entire website. Nice. Oh, that's so important. Oh, good. Um, what would you use for software? And then do you want to, do you want to also touch on a bit of your like mic setup? Cause you're kind of starting a YouTube channel and you got a bit of a setup. So do you want to touch on that too? Cause 
I thought that was interesting. Yeah. So uh, software, I mean, growing up, I mean, we did a lot of pen and paper. We moved to Excel and then eventually we got into CRMs. Like any CRM in 2024 is better than no CRM. It just organizes your thoughts. It organizes your schedule. Uh, I've demoed and I tried many different ones. I know I'm not one of the jobber boys. I'm sorry. Maybe one day, but uh, <laughs> we use ServiceMate. It's Canadian dollars. Uh, it was very easy for me to use. I, I gave four SR, uh, CRMs a fair try. Two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. And I said, whatever one I feel I can learn the quickest on my own and have support that's able to help me the quickest. Personally, my situation with like, they have their iOS only, which is another, it's probably one of okay. their downfalls. But for me, it was great to have like a CRM, customer relationship manager that can like organize everything together. ServiceMate was the answer for us. And um, we could not be where we are today without something that organizes you this quickly. Um, mm. It's the reason for our efficiency, you know, like, okay, I'm done tree cutting. Uh, we were, have a two hour suspend. Where can we go? You pull up the map, you see your jobs on a map and you can go and do something quick. You can't like run through that mentally if it, everything's like on an Excel sheet. You need to use and leverage modern technology for your efficiency. And we have, and people are scared. Oh, it's a hundred dollars a month. <laughs> you kidding me, dude? Like this thing is making you like thousands. You, yeah. You, you guys yeah. are both on Jobber, right? I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, both yeah. Jobber use it. And it, like you said, any CRM is the way to way to go. Oh, right? Yeah. It's, it's crazy how efficient we went from like before we would have. And this was only, I think this is our fourth fourth season using Jobber. And before that, like we were doing everything with like pen and paper. We'd have lists drawn out. We'd have, and it's just like, yeah. Apple notes. To think how, like, how we even got through some of that stuff without a system is like mind blowing. And wow. I, I was talking to a guy today, and like, he was asking about Jobber, or, like, using a software. And I'm like, it doesn't matter what you use; it's so much easier to put something in place when you're like a one or two man crew or one or two man show versus trying to implement it three, four yeah. years down the road when you're five or six guys. And it's just you get those systems in place in the beginning; it's so much easier to deal yeah. with all these things because like as you grow you're gonna like the little problems they're not gonna just stop if you hit a certain value or a certain amount or whatever like they're just gonna get bigger and bigger and it just becomes a bigger issue versus fixing them right away and then dealing with it that way yeah totally yeah 100 percent. and like i had to teach our crm and my way of doing it to our secretary we hired us our first secretary which was a game changer last year and she's coming back this year uh, stoked to have Tammy part of the team again, but that was that was huge for us. But being able to teach your CRM and explain that to someone uh, before things get too crazy. So, like she started April first, and April fourth or fifth, we had that ice storm that like knocked us out. So, right? Can you imagine? Like her first week was like, all right, deep end, you're going in head first. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Time to learn to swim. <laughs> but no, yeah. an office person's definitely a huge bonus. Cause like I used to like up until I think I've had one now for two years. And before that I would just, I'd be trying to answer the phone and I'm mowing. So then I'm shutting the machine off and I'm answering that or I'm doing it. And it's just the efficiency of that is just crazy or inefficiency, I guess. It's yeah. just wild when you start thinking of it and then yes, it costs money and everything does, but like the return you get on it in the long run mm -hmm. is well worth it. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I fully agree with that. Uh, yeah, so that's what kind of what we use for 
uh, for um, software when it comes to like managing the clients and whatnot. And it's nice to keep everything centralized because we have four guys going out to do quotes. I do the majority of the quotes. James does some. And then Cameron and Jonathan do some occasionally. And like we can all see each other's quotes. We can all see each other's like uh, pictures and like comments. And like it's, it's such a it's a useful platform. And it's, I mean, having to throw things in Messenger and whatever would be. We still have a Messenger for like basic like very basic basic dialogue but having everything centralized and archived like hey uh yes you sent that to the client yes the client read his email uh, mm-hmm. or opened it like all this kind of stuff is huge for a company that kind of wants to go to the next level but you have to start it whenever you're small you can't just think it's like we said about equipment you have to like implement stuff and purchase things and get things going before uh you'll be needing it full time and like people are oftentimes they can't see that next step, but I think like that next step often comes with like a piece of equipment or, mm-hmm. or, or once again, like an employee, right? I would take my employees over equipment any single day, but maybe they wouldn't work for me if I didn't have the equipment. So it all, it all goes <laughs> hand in hand. <laughs> nice bit of both. Cool. Yeah. My camera set up real quick. Yeah. yeah. So it's basic, basic, basic Sony ZVE 10. It's like a thousand bucks. I bought a $500 lens. It's the Sigma 16 millimeter 1.4. Uh, if any of you know photography, that's like a pretty low aperture lens, which blurs out the background really well. And I gives a crisp, crisp image. Um, yeah. I got a, a Rode microphone over here. Uh, kind of like a fancy setup here with like brackets behind my desk that are able to like place the camera properly. And the microphone here as well. So, um, this has been something I've always wanted to do to like be able to offer better visual quality experiences to people that are watching my content. Um, my wife kind of said, Oh, why aren't you on Instagram? Like in 2018, I was like, Oh, she, I was like, oh, I have all these videos I should post. I was posting them on Facebook and they were like going nowhere. So I should check out Instagram. And that was like the heyday of Instagram. That was fun whenever it was just like, you'd post mm-hmm. a picture and people would actually interact on your pictures. And now like, unless you're showing skin and dancing, people don't want to watch your stuff. <laughs> Uh, but I started off like doing basic, basic Instagram and I kind of developed like an audience here, um, of industry professionals, like in the grass cutting industry in the head trimming industry and in the topiary industry, uh, tree industry now as well, like worldwide. And it's been fun learning experience and interactions and, you know, to be able to give back as well and to to teach an up and coming generation, you need to have good equipment. You can't, you can film Mm -hmm. stuff on your phone, but it's not very expensive to get set up with with some good stuff. So I already had the camera. I just had to buy the lens and the mic and the stands. Um, but yeah, I'm much like you guys, guys, I'm dropping a vlog. When do you guys do your, your, your video? It's every Friday it goes out. Uh, no, they go out Tuesday, but we're going to try to do like uh, lives on Friday. So if people have kind of like questions and that sort of stuff, kind of come on and yeah, just kind of talk fun. about whatever, just kind of hang out and see, see what happens from there. That's fun. Yeah. So I'm dropping video every Friday. I already have mine scheduled to leave tomorrow, uh, drop out tomorrow morning. So 5 a.m. Eastern, fail vision on YouTube, go watch it. But Beautiful. Uh, that's, uh, that's my challenge for this year. But I wanted to be intentional with it. So that's why I bought this equipment. And uh, yeah, it's, I'm like an ex photographer. That's how, actually how my wife and I met uh, was like we had like a, both a passion for photography as well. So it's kind of like fun to rekindle it and to get her behind the lens as well and in front of it as well too a bit more shy than i am but yeah uh, we've seen fun. some you you guys are doing some funny reels on instagram martin and i were talking about that before so that's good you, she's you getting clean your there. house like i you clean your house like i yeah. do with the leaf blower and just blow it all away 
that that it's funny like i personally thought that was gonna be a funny reel too and a lot of people think but like you're real like reels and content they don't go crazy as you think they would anymore you post that like five years ago reels didn't even exist but stuff would yeah. like go a lot crazy like i feel like a lot of stuff is like tempered on social media depending on like a myriad, a myriad of factors but i don't really do it for for like followers anymore uh you do it just like i think it's funny and if anybody can 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 enjoy it um i think we can offer like entertainment content we can also offer educational content and like a lot of youtube channels are one or the other i don't care i'm just doing my own thing i'm doing both mm -hmm. right nice and you can think you're entertaining but a vlog whether you like it or not i got a thousand people watch my vlog they're not watching it for education. They're going to watch it, you know, for entertainment. So if, mm. if people want to be entertained, I'll keep on doing a vlog. But I yep. know that education is the way to go. I think that um, like much in this discussion today, there's many points that can be elaborated on. Uh, my, my videos are not going to be like, uh, you know, flashy and, and crazy. I don't have, frankly, time to edit too much. But if, oh, I, can, mm. if I can put out a few videos here and there uh, and help out the community, uh, with my fif over 15 years of experience uh let's do it yeah absolutely nice. oh that's awesome man uh well let's get into maybe some future plans or goals for vision landscapes and for your youtube channel that you just started so for the company um one of our big things this year is is to systemize things a lot more we've kind of been like flying by the seat of our pants in the past few years like adding a ton of equipment this is probably one of the only years where we don't really have to buy anything. I don't I always say this, but I promise you there's no truck blueprints being <laughs> sent into builders. There's no, I'm not, you can look at my, uh, my Google history. There's no like crazy stuff being researched. So we kind of want to keep our equipment, but um, we have a big change in personnel. We have at least three guys not coming back. Three of like our, mm -hmm. our three of our ground men, like they are not coming back this year. Uh, one guy moved, one guy just got another job, and one guy also just got another job, and for various reasons, right? If they would want to work, I would absolutely lo love to have them all here, but uh, we have to hire more personnel, so there'll be a shift in training, there'll be a shift in like structuring as well, like role assignment, like, okay, you're a shop manager, you're doing this, I'm doing this. Um, we talked about quotes before and like work-life balance, and I'm going a lot less out to quote at night. I'm doing a lot more mm. quoting during the day in between jobs because the crews are able to go out and still get the volume of work done that we need to during the day without me being there, which is huge. That mm. is like, it's like the biggest weight off your shoulder, knowing that you can go out and focus on work, uh, getting work for your guys instead of always having to be there every single day. So we have really responsible leaders, but we want to like structure. So 2024 is a year of structure at Vision. Um, I want to document everything as well. We talked about like procedures, like, hey, Phil, do you train your guys? Well, yes. But even before that, like who trains them? So we want mm -hmm. to have all this stuff like properly identified and like, okay, you're responsible to train. This is your training schedule. We are allowing you time every week, every month, whatever, to do these kind of things. Um, and really quick, I know we didn't talk about this, but I pay my guys per week. You come mm -hmm. in Monday to Friday. If it rains, you're in the shop. We're sharpening equipment. We're maintaining equipment. We're doing training. We're going to breakfast. We're having coffee. It's very important. Um, so for me, it's easier to budget that way. And also for the guys, there's a constant learning experience. If you're only coming in for days of work, there's like less opportunities to train, less opportunities to to converse and to and to expound. I guess you could say our our, our relationships and our knowledge. So for us, like working 
uh, and paying the guys weekly kind of eliminates the factor as well of like clocking in and out for uh, breaks. You know, you eliminate uh, thousands of opportunities for, you know, either under or going over a few minutes, right? So you, you eliminate that entirely. Now, say, Phil, like what happens if you work 50 hours? Well, you can ask any of my guys, you know, I pay them based off working, you know, 40 hours plus overtime, 10 hours, which would be 50. And like, Overtime's mm-hmm. time and a half here, right? So it'd be like 55 hours. I pay my guys based off 55 hours. <laughs> the amount of times we work wow. that many hours, not that many hours. Like no. I'm telling you, like we're working 40, <laughs> working 45, sometimes 50, sometimes 55 during the ice storm. But right. like in the fall, we were doing 35 because like the volume of work was not there. Was I paying them less? No. It kind mm-hmm. of like balances out itself in the end. And they're still coming in the shop and they're still getting stuff done. We're just leaving early, leaving at noon. It's all like it's a kind of like an envelope, like a April to December work life balance. And you know how much you're going to be able to take. You can take that home, not like stressed out about like what happens if my boss doesn't have work for me. And uh, and uh, I know I'm talking a lot, but yeah, what happens if my boss doesn't oh, have no, work for it. me? And uh, and like, am I going to be able to pay my mortgage? No, like you know how much is coming in. Mm-hmm. Nice. I, I well, do that. the same thing with the. I have like some of my summer students there. A lot of those are because they're just kind of like some of them aren't running full time. They don't want full time. Like they're they're probably sitting around like 35 to 45 hours. Like there's enough for them. And it's rain days, same thing. They're in the shop. They're doing or we kind of have a list of stuff that we can kind of do on those rain days, whether it's clean up the air, dump runs, whatever. And then my three main guys, like they're the same. They're a set pay from January first to december 31st all year round all winter they're there and it just it makes it easy to keep good guys and girls coming back Mm -hmm. year after year you don't have to worry about training new people yeah you get those key guys and it works great would you say like you pay your guys based on like you work seven to four because it's never it's not never always the same like for example like their weeks are not the same right like some weeks are different Mm -hmm. than others uh so what we do is we base it on 40 hours pay uh, we usually like in the summer, it's probably 45 hours. Roughly we work. We usually go, uh, Monday to Thursday, seven to four Friday. We're seven till about one o'clock. So usually like one, maybe two week, And then we don't work weekends. And then in the winter, those three main guys, um, usually four days a week, but they still get paid the same. So we might only work 25, 35 hours maybe 30, like 30 on the high end, unless, unless we get a couple snowstorms. And if we do that, like if we plow and they're over those 30 hours next week, don't come in Monday, don't come in Tuesday. And they still get that same base pay. Okay. So you just have a, like a, like a rollover or a carryover. Kind yep. Of. Okay. Right. Yep. And it, it makes it easy too. And that way, like if they need a day off, whatever, it's fine. Don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. And it just kind of makes it very simple for them, for me. And they know exactly what they're getting every week. And they don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Well, that makes good. a lot of sense. Yeah. So that's like our plans is like, I guess, uh, for like the business is to systemize things a lot more, uh, develop like our, our current services uh, a little bit better. Expound, I guess, on on being like, we talked about PHG, like fertilizing and all that. We want to do more of that, right? Mm-hmm. And um, for the YouTube channel, what we have to do what my goal is to do for the YouTube channel is I'm going to develop a lot of content this winter and kind of like archive it all so that we can go out and 
have it going out at a regular schedule throughout the year. Uh, we want to film a little bit more on the job site, which I'm this close to trying to hire a full-time videographer just to follow us around and kind of like put things together. I think that would be a huge burden off my shoulders because I don't know if I even have time to do all the editing. And I think that mm-hmm. we are able to develop good enough content that can be uh, entertaining for the whole industry. Like you guys don't see anything of what we do j- during the day. Like we just see us drinking coffee and like cutting a few trees and like running the chipper, yeah. but there's Couple so hedges, much more. But... Yeah. Like, there's so much more that we can do. I think we could have like a little vision show and have like somebody filming and editing and kind of like going through different conversations between the employers and things like employees. Um, yeah, I think there could be something there. But once again, I don't want to be managing it and it has to be monetizable. If we're going to be dishing out 1000 to $1,500 a week to have somebody doing this, it has to be bringing us work. It has to go into the advertising budget. It has to make sense. And it has to be obviously something that everybody on board wants to do. Like you agree to be filmed and, 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 and put online. But uh, that's that's our goal. Like we'd like to do something a little bit different and kind of like you're doing, Martin, mm-hmm. push the niche, uh, push something different in, in our neck of the woods and, and try to stand out. Mm-hmm. That's key. Nice. Yeah. I, I knew you were a big coffee guy, Phil. You guys got that nice espresso machine in there. Are all your guys big coffee drinkers? Yeah, it's kind of like a prerequisite. If you haven't worked for Starbucks or Tim Hortons, you're not getting a fair shake. <laughs> you're not getting in. <laughs> but oh, we, uh, yeah, we all are. So we have that that, that espresso machine. Uh, it's like a dual boiler, so we can do like your milk and your coffee at the same time. Uh, we have that running in the shop. It's actually at my house during the winter. I have to supervise it, so it stays at my house. Uh, oh yeah, nice. <laughs> but I, I have a smaller it. Breville as well, which is a lot of fun. And okay. uh, yeah, we're, we're huge coffee guys and we really enjoy it. Kind of have developed like a little, uh, uh, little reputation, I guess, around it. We try to, we try to yeah. master the way of asking for it at clients all the time. Like, uh, they'll be nice. like, uh, Hey, can we get you anything? And like, we'll like say, like, well, what's on the table? Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, what are we working with here? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, uh yeah, we're, we're big coffee guys. We, we enjoy it. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. Do you have any words of advice for maybe someone just starting out uh, or, you know, that was in your position a few years ago? Yeah, I look back and I'm like truly humbled at like the growth of the company throughout the past few years. I think that like you'll learn at a very young age and like I'm instilling in my kids to work hard. Um, Nothing can like replace hard work. You have to work with your, your hands, your back, uh, your body and eventually your mind as well as your mind gets developed if if i got into tree work at 18 years old i don't know what would have happened like I, my head was just not there right i think i learned a lot mm-hmm. of less lessons like from lawn mowing um you know root density it's the same thing of tree work our radius is 20 minutes like no one else does that in our neck of the woods people are going okay. like an hour in each direction so i find a lot of things that i learned from lawn mowing i've translated into true work business and Whatever job you're currently in is getting you ready for whatever's next. Either it's going to be like continuing on where you are, developing that further, or it'll teach you a lesson and it will, you'll be able to like be in your next job one day or your next field of, of business. And you'll be like, oh, yes, I, I remember. Now I know why I was doing that for or why that was there for that reason. And, and it's going to teach you. Uh, it'll, it'll teach you a lesson and it will, uh, it will help you, I guess, develop things further. I mean, I love talking to clients. and. Um, 
I'm finding I have a bit less of time doing that these days. Whenever you show up on a job site with a million dollars of equipment and you have six guys, you got to get that tree down. You can't go and talk to them like you used to before. So mm-hmm, right. like enjoy each step of the way, right? Whenever you're young, you're young and you have that flexibility, uh, invest in invest in relationships. And, and whenever you're older, like right now, we do a giveaway at the end of every year. We kind of like take some people that have left us reviews and we'll like give we have like a giveaway we'll give back these cutting boards or these things that that we have made for us by one of our employees um so we're trying to find personal ways to like to reach the human side of clients right that oftentimes can get forgotten but we are uh we're not forgetting that and we're we're trying to re-emphasize that a little bit more in our company but um yeah i mean if you're young and you're in business like don't stop working uh work hard but Take time off during the year. That's what I think all three of us are kind of doing right now in some way, shape, or form is take time off mm-hmm. on at the in the year to from working on your business to work from working in your business to work on your business. And if you don't do that, you're gonna start the spring every single year with the same habits. Maybe not mm-hmm. bad, but maybe they're they're stagnant and they're not like leading you into a more efficient line of work. And I find every single winter that I've taken off, I'm doing home rentals right now, but yeah, I still I could seen see you this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I still consider it off because I'm not like going out thinking about tree work and like dealing like with the everyday things. Yeah. Um, I'm working on the company, you know, like my, our secretary, she takes a bit of time off and this is, she going into her second year. She's going to start off in a couple of weeks and we're going to start boom, developing things and working on your business is, is, is huge and you need to take the time. You can't just, you cannot, I don't know anybody that can do that at the same time as working. And that's why I got yeah. out of snow removal. It was, uh, personally, I wanted to enjoy the snow for once. Like, <laughs> I I think everybody has to do snow removal. So you're right of passage, guys. Like, if you're in Canada, like, at some point, you have to do snow removal. And um, it's a great way to keep people on the books all year long. And I think for some people, it works out. But for us, which I only had enough to do for myself, and I didn't really have anybody else doing it. I was like, okay, I can get rid of this and I can focus on other stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, the time I take working on the company in the off season, um, I think the company grows every single year uh, in profits more based on those decisions compared to me working and trying to mm-hmm. just like earn an extra 20K in yeah. the winter. Like we've yeah. done 20% increase, if not more, a uh, year over year. And uh, 20 to 30% increase in the past four or five years. Uh, you're not doing that if you're the only yeah. guy trying to grow it and scrape the sidewalks and you can't yeah. do this alone like people think like i did this on my own no like i owe a huge amount to james jonathan and cameron who have been like heart and soul in this company you know james for the longest jonathan and cameron as well like putting their hearts and soul into here wanting to grow this business and dedicated people that want to be part of a crew but they have to see something that's interesting you have to ask yourself like, would you want to work for yourself would you want to work? Mm-hmm. Oh, that was just an avalanche right. of snow coming off my house. So I have this house. I it's heard old, that. Oh, it's an old Canadian style house. And okay. I don't have those stoppers that stop the snow. Don't ask why. Um, it just wasn't there back in the day. So what happens is I think it's good because the snow doesn't stay on there. It eventually slides off. But right. I tell my kids all the time and I'm looking, no one's out there. But like, don't stay near the end of the roof whenever the temperature yeah. is like around zero degrees. Because like, whoo, it just yeah. comes down quick. And I have to go shovel that because that like lands right on our walkway. I don't know who designed it, but like it lands right on the walkway. And it's like, if you don't get it out, it's instantly 
instantly frozen over. Last year we were in the DR yeah. for two weeks, came back and uh, all the ice had like frozen on the gutters and like ripped off the gutters on the whole house. Oh, oh. oh wow. <laughs> That's tough to come home to. So we just like threw it all in the garbage and said, "Oh, we don't need to we don't need gutters anyways." Yeah, people su- people no. survive thousands of years without gutters. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's funny. So what? Nice. You guys are asking me questions. What are you guys doing this year? So this podcast, I'm stoked to to, to be on it. I mean, whenever I heard a couple Canadian boys were like putting their hearts and soul out to help the industry, I'm like, I'm down. Get me on this ASAP before I get busy. So like, tell me like, what are your guys' plans? I'm and I'm not trying to buy a few more minutes to get the biggest podcast record. Just <laughs> oh no, yeah, no, you know, just like you said, working on the business in the winter, I'm really big on that. You know, try to get yourself as much prepared as you can for the spring rush because it's just mayhem when that hits. Uh, and then yeah, Martin and I, we we talked about doing this at Equip, and we kind of slowly have been working towards it after the leaves we were a little busy and then you know doing a little bit every week and then all of a sudden you know we're on here chatting so i don't know continue to grow this and we're having fun with it so yeah that's the main thing just kind of see where it goes and if it don't if it doesn't take off right away we'll just keep grinding it out because it's obviously going to take some time to do it but like I said, we keep getting people on that want to come on and talk about it and give back like yourself like that. That's perfect, right? It's a good kind of tie in for that. And for us this winter, I'm spending a lot of time. Uh, I bought a, like a pesticide spraying business in September last year. So this will be my first year kind of fully running it. So I've been spending a lot of time kind of getting that all set up and trying to gear up a new truck for it. And so still kind of working on it and in it at the same time. But that's my big goal, try to be able to hit the ground running for that spraying side and see where that takes us. So that, that's that's my winter goals. That's great. I mean, you kind of like you're touching all sides of the industry. That's 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 great. I mean, if you can get your hands in everywhere and you can become like the specialist uh, mm-hmm. doing many different things. Uh, I mean, that's the you keep everything in house, right? You don't have to sub anything else out. You just you're able to uh, address more pain points from clients and and keep that money so that's that's huge that's uh Mm -hmm. that's pretty impressive pretty much the only thing we don't do ourselves is trees that's that's one of the only things i never really never really kind of dabbled in and like i have a good relationship with the two like main tree guys here they're wicked and they kind of they take care of it so it's just for me to go invest in Mm -hmm. like a tree a truck and like and they one of the companies has been around for 45 years so it's they have a pretty good uh, hold on the market share yeah. of it. So it, it's it definitely be a tough market to kind of dive into. So it's, for me, it's just as easy to kind of say, "Here you go." And and they and said it works really well. Like they return the work, like they return other work. They send customers my way still to this day, even though they do a lot of the same stuff we do. They kind of do it respectfully, I guess, and don't just come and take my like if it's one of my customers that we do their lawn and beds and maintenance for. And even if they come in and do a tree job, they're not going after their work. And when it comes the other way, I don't go after theirs. So it kind of is a pretty mutual, respectful thing around here for that. So it's it definitely yeah. makes it easier and a whole lot easier to trust somebody to go in and do that. Someone you can recommend to your client and know they'll still be your client afterwards. That's huge. That uh, must, mm-hmm. be an East, must be an East Coast thing because never heard of that out here. 
Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. No. We've, yeah. we've been doing that with them for well since I started. Pretty much day one, they've been feeding, like sending me work that was kind of small for them, and all the tree work I'd go back and it kind of. And, and we have a lot of really good relationships with other contractors here, and it, it it's super beneficial for us and them. Like we have a guy that does trucking for us. He probably brought us fifty grand worth of topsoil this summer, but yeah. he gives our name to customer. He doesn't do any mowing. He doesn't do any any of that stuff so he takes us and gives us all our work that way so it, it all balances out in the long run right so yeah that makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. um i couldn't help but think i've been think like i think i've undiagnosed adhd i think a lot of us do i think you have to if you're a business owner i think like you you have to right like if you're not yeah. like, you're not if you're not everywhere at once like nothing gets done i think you have to attribute a lot of that to it but one thing I was been trying to remember since like two minutes ago, whenever you were talking was, I didn't want to interrupt. I, I know I, I can do that sometimes, but um, at Ex- Equip Expo, I spoke to Brian Lawns Maintenance and Caleb Autumn, both guys who we look up to as like, like giants in like the social media industry. And like, they have like, like Brian, like of his, his accounts and everything like that. And everything like is probably like helping him like build his next step, his house and all these things. Like all these things are mm-hmm. great. They're putting a lot of work into it. Right. And like a lot of people look up, up to us three they, I, I think by like the general public they like look at us and be like hey you guys have like decent like social media pages you guys have developed something and mm-hmm. like a lot of people ask me like on social media how did you get there or like what's your plan in the future and caleb and brian i both told them about this youtube plan and they asked me one question right away they're like what's your why what's your why and i was like "Ooh, what is what is my why and i didn't really know and i think it's important to have one but eventually whenever you want to get started you don't have to overthink it you just have to get going get the ball rolling but what is your why what is our why in doing this like your podcast you guys will probably develop probably in a few weeks or maybe in a couple months you'll like you'll probably understand a little bit more hey why are we doing this and for me like to do my youtube i really want to be able to help people out i want to be able to give back to the community give back to the industry and if it's a mildly entertaining then so be it like that's Mm. not my obviously main goal but it's i want to be able to give back in a different way and from there once you've and that'll show forth in your content if you're doing it for money you look at some people on youtube you know they're doing it only to like get more views and get more money and get more Mm. and get more commission it's less it's less authentic right i think people in this day and age Mm. are looking for authenticity and i see that in you guys and I, i I've been speaking a lot more to Brandon than with you, Martin, but honestly, uh, great chatting with you guys here as well. And it's been a lot of fun to be on this podcast and I'm, I'm very stoked to see where this is going to go. Oh, it's been awesome having you on. Like I said, yeah, we've talked a few times, kind of met in New York and stuff, but no, like I'll definitely be in touch and I'll, I'll probably pick your brain on some of that, uh, plant health and tree fertilizing and all that stuff and see where that takes me. And no, it was great. It was a great conversation. Like I said, an hour and a half, it goes by pretty quick once you start kind of talking you get a couple of guys that are in the industry and like kind of give them back it's yeah yeah it's a lot of a value. good time yeah a lot of value in this conversation that's for sure you you uh, you have a lot of knowledge phil so thanks for telling everyone about that uh where can everyone find you youtube instagram where where are y'all on well uh apparently my last name is vision so yeah i know <laughs> that's my bad so <laughs> phil.vision actually like um fail dot vision and there's this one guy in the uk um that does like a lot of topiary and scissors uh, scissors and like bonsai stuff and his name was like 
think Nawaki.jake. And he's like a role model for a lot of people in the green industry. Whenever I saw that, I'm like, that's cool. You have like your business name, you have your personal name. And I reversed it and I did like fail.vision. And this was like whenever I started my okay. social media many years ago. So it's like, it's not my last name, but it's, it's my company name. And uh, some of my, my employees as well have like a similar hashtag. So it's fail.vision on YouTube, uh, on Instagram. Um, I'm French Canadian, so si you want to speak in French with me, I speak very well the two But uh, my wife's English. I work in a predominantly English neighborhood. Uh, almost all my social media audience is in English. So even if a French last name like Philippe Léger, uh, you're going to hear me speaking English uh, 99% of the time. Yeah, I don't mind the odd French post you throw out there. It goes right over my head, but anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know how much I paid attention in French class, eh? <laughs> oh, that's good. No, awesome. Fine. Thanks for coming on, Phil, again. We really appreciate it. Uh, guys, if you subscribe, like the podcast, we would really appreciate it too. That helps us keep doing our things. So thanks again, Phil, for coming on. That was a great chat, and we'll have to have you on uh, in the future. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. And uh Thanks, guys, and we'll, we'll keep in touch. See you around yeah, the airports. We'll, yeah, beautiful. We'll see you at the airport <laughs> see you later. this year. <laughs> All, right. All right. Talk to you guys. Yeah. We want to thank you for listening to the Crooked Stripes Podcast. If you like this episode of the pod, subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Head over to Instagram and follow at the Crooked Stripes. From there, stay up to date on all things lawn, landscaping, and snow removal. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode of The Crooked Stripes. Thanks again for listening.